Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Once Upon an Upside. We are here today to talk about our four February movies from UpTV. I am your host, Jess, and I have Carrie with me today. Hey, guys. Good to be back. Um, so let's just jump right in with our first movie, is which was Made for You with Love, starring Eddie Ganim and Brendan Zub. And so this movie centers around these characters of Amanda and James. Amanda owns a secondhand dress store called Made for You with Love, as the title suggests. And um, James is a photographer. He used to do wildlife photography, but now he's into the wedding business and he's a bit of a cynic. (laughs) Is a cynic, but he's a photographer. And you just get the impression that he's going where the money is right now he Mm -hmm. not that that's his preference but that's his need i think right at least that's what we're led to believe in the beginning right (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so he kind of comes across well he first meets her at a wedding um but their lives really intersect when his boss renee which hallmarkies should recognize this actress karen holness she is in so much hallmark she is everywhere so hi karen and <laughs> AKA she is Renee. the boss lady. She is the boss. She is the boss lady. And she's like, James, these photos are just, they're like stock photos. We could get these anywhere. We need something different, more unique, do better. It's basically more what hurt. she tells him. Yes. <laughs> and so um, he, um, he actually, he goes back to Amanda's shop to return her, um, it's like sketchbook. Yeah. Is basically what it is. Mm-hmm. And then he, because of like what he sees from the book and her shop, he's like, you are like my next muse. <laughs> you, you are this new project that I'm going to take on. And she's just not having it. They had a bad first interaction because he was very cynical and he basically insulted her work without knowing it or her business, but the work she was in. And so she's like, nope, here's the door. <laughs> Goodbye. She does not want him around at all. She wants no part of being his special project. I think she just, she doesn't believe that he's, he's in it for the right reasons, you know, and she mm-hmm. just has this real organic love for what she does. Making these secondhand dresses, the dream dress that the, that the client always wanted. And I mean, she just, um, her heart is on her sleeve, literally in this <laughs> movie. And um, he just comes in and she's like, no way no way I don't want anything to do with you which was a little you know at the beginning I didn't think that that was a bad thing and I didn't think it was wrong of him to kind of push that except like it came to a point where it was like dude she doesn't want to work with you you know (laughs) he was very pushy he kept like waiting outside the door like spying on her through the window I was surprised at how resistant she was it did surprise me a little bit because we had already known at that point she was having money problems like the rent was getting increased and I'm like I was a little surprised she didn't at least consider it before she's Mm -hmm. like no get out of here (laughs) I I know there was there's just something about yeah, she just needed to warm up to the idea with the mm-hmm. help from someone else to put her business back on the map or make more money or something. She just, she didn't want it. Um, but she also has what? A friend who helps in the store? Yes. Or, okay. And is also getting married as well. Getting married. So she's working on her dress too. Yes. So I like this friend. I like this friend a lot. I thought she was really um, fun. 
And I don't know, I thought she was kind of pushy in a good way. You know, she just she wanted to the best for um, Amanda here. And yeah, I have to disagree a little in the beginning. I did not like this. Right. I, I did warm up to her. I, I could not believe when she called um, Keith, the guy that the other guy that um, Amanda met yes. <laughs> at the wedding and put it on speakerphone so the whole shop could hear her like go, like getting a date with this guy like Sue was like what <laughs> right I did warm up to her like by the end she I think she turned out to be a really good friend at first she just kind of like it was a little off-putting to me I was like who would do that <laughs> that makes sense that makes sense I see it you know there are times that I see things in movie friends that I think are hilarious that I would not want as a personal friend you know yeah <laughs> she may have been one of those for me where I'm like oh this is a great character but would I want a friend to actually do that to me like Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but that leads us to our um, other character, Keith, so that she is kind of like seeing um, during a good chunk of the movie. I don't remember him very well. I guess he wasn't that memorable of a character. Keith, Keith, who was Keith? I actually do remember him because um, he, you know, they had like this funny little interaction at, at the wedding, this meet cute type of thing mm-hmm. that that was kind of cute. And it, you know, but this first date, though, is the is the one that set me off going, no, he's not good. He was a foodie. That's and, right. Remember? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. It's coming back now. Yes. He's a foodie. And he's like, oh, this is delicious. And she's like, is it? You know? <laughs> so they kind of just go on a couple dates. And there's just nothing much there, but you can't blame her for the time that she did spend with him. That's how you get to know somebody, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And they did um, connect over like the fact that she had been engaged and he had a similar experience, right? They connected over something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think they did. I mean, it was, it was, it had potential until it didn't, you know, until and that's, that, that's like how, that's how it goes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so eventually Amanda does let James into the shop and they begin to work together and, um, develop a friendship and, you know, she's working, um, on all these dresses and he is assisting and also photographing and there's a lot of shenanigans along the way. So many shenanigans, which actually just made me, like I wrote in my notes, I thought they had such a playful chemistry. That was, it was really fun to watch them together. And it didn't take me long before I realized I really love her. Like this Amanda character, I thought she was great. Mm-hmm. And then he comes in and he's super helpful. He's He was pushy at the beginning, but he was a really fun assistant for her. And he believed in what she was doing. And they just had some really playful times together. And I was like, okay, I'm all about this. But they were just kind of trying to their work together. They were trying to be more f- friends. Actually, they weren't even trying to be friends. That just happened, right? I mean... I think so. Yeah. 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 Because he was just there to do his job, and she was there to hopefully try to save her business. <laughs> yes. But it seemed um, really natural, and I think that that's why, you know, I can't pinpoint a time when they really, wow, this could be more. Like, it just seemed like a real natural mm-hmm. progression of their yeah. relationship, which was fun to watch. Yeah, I definitely 100% agree about the chemistry because so I didn't really like the, the first bit of this movie. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to like this movie. I didn't like either of the characters at first and I am predisposed to hate wedding movies. I just don't like them. 
Right. So right. I'm like, this is not going to be good. But it improved significantly, like for me, as I began to watch. And I think a big selling point was their chemistry was so on point. Like they just worked so well together. And I'm like, this is working for me. <laughs> good. I'm glad to hear you say that because I thought the exact same thing. And he just was charming. So this Brendan Zub, I've seen as a secondary character in a handful of things, right? Like mm-hmm. this, maybe it's just me, but this was my first exposure to him as a leading man. No, I think there was a Lifetime movie that he was in with Vanessa Lachey. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw some, one like that. But this one, he was, he rocked it, in my opinion. He really, really made this character someone that I just, I wanted to root for. and. He just had, he was just a good guy all around, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And um, what did you think about their kind of like conflict storyline that they had? Well, so hers was what being the the need for her rent went up in her business, right? And she needed, um, you know, she she had this money problems that she needed to figure out. He had this professional, like he needed to put more heart into his photos. So then they start working together. And so that was the initial conflict at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the movie. And then the conflict that they had at the end, I think was just kind of like, we've seen it before a little bit, you know, like she feels betrayed by him, like whatever he did with their professional um, work was, was not exactly what she thought he was going to do with the result of them working together. And so she feels betrayed. And I mean, was there more to it than that? That seemed to be the only. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was about it. Yeah. The, I was thinking more of the ending conflict. I thought it was, I liked how it was done um, because it, it didn't feel quite like so dramatic as it sometimes is in that, like you, like I feel betrayed kind of scenario um, because she had like legitimate ethical concerns about yes. what like her, you know, work and the photos being used for other things like she mentioned like dresses that are made in sweatshops and I was like whoa that was like a really big ethical concern that they brought up and um you know she's like I don't want the money not like that and Mm -hmm. I just thought that was a really nice like real honest conversation really thinking about like not just like oh I don't want to be like this insta fame and like this is not with my brand but more of a legitimate concern so I thought that was really nice touch yeah that's true I think that's true and then the way he solved that problem just by like having you know all these donations of wedding dresses and stuff um he got the word out or something all these women kept came coming in and dropping off their wedding dresses and for her and um somehow that solved the problem and I'm not exactly sure how but it was a really sweet gesture (laughs) less inventory for her to buy well it was kind of like a joint effort between him and the friend because he put the photos online and then her friend Allie kind of did got the word out out. so it was like a joint effort but yeah Yeah, that's true so he's like you know you help everyone else but you don't want other people to help you you know like you've really gotta open your heart to that we want to help you we love you type of thing and um, yeah I thought that was sweet yeah that was yes and then all is well she they end up together obviously and we get a little one year later ending um, with her trying on her wedding dress, which, you know, obviously means they're going to be getting married and Allie is pregnant. So It was so cute. It was a really cute ending, I thought. Yeah. 
I'm I'm all about the one year later endings. Actually, I want to I want to see that epilogue. I want to um you know see where they where they go. So I love it. I'm fifty fifty on them. It depends on like if I feel like they cut corners with it. I'm like maybe like oh I wanted to see that or that could have been movie two. Like you know right. That's true. <laughs> so, but yeah. So how did you rate this one overall? I really liked this movie. I am going to give it an eight out of 10, actually. And that's, that's high in my book. I think any, any higher would, would be too much because there were things that I didn't enjoy about this movie. Um, but there were, the chemistry just was off the charts for me. I really loved not even just the chemistry, but both of them as individuals, which was a plus. I really liked them as individuals. I, I worked in a bridal gallery when after college and I sold dresses oh, really? and dealt with brides and mo- mothers of brides and mothers-in-laws. And um, it was really fun for a time. I couldn't imagine making a, a career out of it. But so that was really kind of fun for me just to to have those that nostalgia with this movie. But um it was yeah. playful. It was funny. There were some really funny parts to it. So I give it a eight out of 10. Very nice. I was pretty similar. I was a little lower. I gave it seven out of 10. Um, because yeah, at first I was not feeling the movie, but Hey, it, it got me from thinking I was going to hate this movie to a seven out of 10. So that's a pretty it's a job well done. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Job well done movie. If you could like take my preconceived notions of like, no, this isn't going to work <laughs> and change them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think for me, yeah, the chemistry, like we talked about, it was funny. And also something that really stuck out to me is that this movie had some really good music for the montage scenes. Great. I mean, usually I don't really pay attention to the music, but I was like, man, it's got some like nice jam like going on here. <laughs> I I like that. I mean, this would be one that I would recommend uh, to to friends and family. Like, hey, watch for this one when it comes up back on the Up Channel or something. So, yeah, seven out of ten. I think it's a good score from you, Jess. Yeah, from the the wedding cynic myself. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, all right, very good. Let's move on to the next one. Sincerely, yours truly. Um, this one stars Haley and Josh, played by Marshall Williams and Natalie Hall, both very familiar in the Hallmark world. Natalie was just in a movie this past what, yesterday. Yep, yeah, yes. As of the day we're recording, um, <laughs> in Fit for a Prince. So yeah, we should all be very familiar with them. Mm-hmm. But these two characters, um, they both have their own nonprofits. Haley's is called Growing Out. It's about helping inner city kids like appreciate growing and nature and that sort of farm to table sort of thing. And Josh is all about the technologies, wants to teach these kids how to code and, you know, really utilize their tech skills and their tech knowledge. And so they have a odd meet cute, in my opinion. <laughs> where they um meet because they both are trying to buy the same type of jam uh boysenberry and rhubarb because they are both trying to sway the opinion of this nonprofit person who's giving a big grant um they want to kind of edge edge it in their favor and so they're like yes this this person in charge of the grant this two hundred and fifty thousand dollar grant i believe really likes this jam so we both really need this jam and um Haley gets there first and then Josh tries to invent his way into getting the jam from her what did you think about all that 
Well, I kind of thought it was funny. First, I was like, I think I need to rewind this because what what did I miss about the jam? Like, I missed that it was the favorite jam of the grant giver. Um, I, or some, or I was. I'm not sure they even told us until later, actually. Maybe just later, but I was like, whoa, this jam is really important, you know, and I missed something along the way, but I guess I didn't. I didn't. So I thought it was kind of funny. You could tell at the beginning of this lie that is coming out of his mouth, his sister has had a really tough week and then he like changes it. My sister's sick and she catches it and, you know, she's like, is she sick or did she have a tough week? I mean, I just thought they had some really witty banter back and forth, you know, they're they're kind of fighting all of a sudden. And uh, I, I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. I like it was it was comical. It was comical. I was just like, yeah, I think part of it was like we did not understand the significance of the jam. And it's like, why does it matter? It was like, oh, this jam, it's super important. And then yeah, she sends the gift off and he brings it. So okay, so they had two meet cutes. They meet at the jam um mm-hmm. place, special jam. And then they meet at the rented office space that is kind of a community office space that the girls now rent because they need a a better space for their nonprofit, I guess. It's like a requirement to have an office space. And they were like working out of her home or something. Yeah. They're like, oh, we need one. And so they kind of get one. It's kind of expensive, but they're going to make it work because they want to get the grant. So then he sees her and he's like, oh, no, it's that girl from the jam place. So their second meet cute. In that the- one was so funny. That keep going, funny. keep going. Okay. So they're in like the, the break room or something. And she's like, oh, how is your, you know, how's your sister? And and he says, she is expected to make a full imaginary recovery. And I, was, <laughs> I just laughed out loud. I thought that was a, a great line. Oh, oh, I laughed out loud when he was like shrinking down so she wouldn't see him. And then he accidentally kicks like the file cap. <laughs> oh my gosh that was it was great that one was that was was so funny that was great so we established that they have this little contentious relationship but they're also a little intrigued with each other and they're funny so i mean right off the bat i have high hopes for this these two as they as they get more screen time together yeah they had this very fun playful competitive competitiveness the whole time and I think sometimes that can come across as like childish or annoying but I didn't think that's not how it was for me watching this it it felt like a very almost fun sitcom like humor of how they played it like it was a little over the top but in a fun way where you're like you know in serious life like people probably would not be like this but no I totally agree I totally agree because then you start to see them even as as their professional relationship here They don't really, they don't work together. They're competing for this grant, but they actually start to really respect what the other person is doing. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a really cool, fresh take on the, we're competing for the same job type of thing. Yeah, exactly. They, yeah, they had that moment. I think it was like in the break room area where they like really just like, I respect what you do. And like, this is like, it's like a good thing. And it was like, oh, that's so cute. You know, I have to say, though, I was very surprised. I was sure by the end that they were going to like combine forces into like Me one too. super, super nonprofit. <laughs> Me too. That's not what happened, but I was totally sure it was. 
I was like, they're going to come by. They're going to like present something together. Say, I think we can do this, you know, gardening thing and this online thing together. And, but that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Like the coders can help make a program to help the plants. I don't know. (laughs) That's hilarious that you thought that. I thought the same thing. So that was kind of fun. So, okay. If we jump I want you to take us back to the beginning here too, but um, at the end of their working relationship, when they start to realize they actually, they like each other and they're not competing anymore because the grant thing is over. And I actually think they played that so well that I really, it was so believable at the end. Like Mm -hmm. they can jump right into a relationship to me. And sometimes you can't, sometimes it's this big leap of faith that they're asking the audience to do, but right. but yeah, it was very smooth, very smooth transition. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I thought that was great. I thought that was really fun. Their working relationship together was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so so they have this big competition. That's like the big storyline of we were both trying to get this grant. But there's a secondary storyline of that. Um, Haley's business partner, Lisa, she finds in um, Haley's condo this old box of love letters and they belong to the person who owned the, the condo before. And so they're um, they're all signed from the techie poet. And I think it's pretty, I mean, at least for me, it was very obvious. Like, it was Josh. Like, at first I was like, well, maybe it's a relative. Like, I like, kind of thought that maybe. But I was like, no, it's, it's going to be Josh. Um, yeah. I needed hints, though. I needed hints to see, like, I was like, how old are these letters supposed to be? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are they... I just kind of couldn't tell at first until they were talked about this techie poet. And I thought, okay, okay. These are modern day letters. This could be a young guy. It's not like her grandma and his grandpa, you know, right. I was kind of wondering like, maybe that was going to be it. Cause there was an episode of science still delivered where we have these letters and they, the, the, um, the postables think that they belong to this couple, but it's actually like his grandfather or something because Uh, they had like similar names. I don't know, but so I was thinking, like, in the back of my mind, maybe that's where they're going. Right. But, but, but it wasn't. No. And you know what? All of a sudden, she's reading these letters. Her, um, well, she's kind of conflicted. Should we be reading these letters? And the right. and Lisa's like, oh, yeah, of course we should. You know? <laughs> you got to just get into it. So she reads these letters, and we hear some of the content. And then all of a sudden, one scene, he starts reading the letter, um, like his voiceover. And I mm-hmm. thought, oh, Obviously, okay, obviously these are Josh's letters, but from what, from when, what is this story? And it really, really made me curious. Like, okay, I need answers here. <laughs> right. And so, um, yeah, she begins reading them and the friend's reading them too. The friend's a little more emotionally connected to <laughs> these letters. We see her with the tissues a lot. Um, but in the like final envelope, we the they find a ring. Um, so it was the engagement ring that the uh, recipient of the letter Marisol had had um and obviously she so I guess the point with the letters is she left without a trace and she's like Viennish so nobody knows what actually happened to this woman but they found the ring that Josh had given her um of course they don't know that it's Josh yet and decide to give it back to him and that kind of starts this communication and so Elisa being the clever friend just kind of really is the one who kind of initiates this but by the end it's Haley and josh who are communicating with each other via online very 2020 (laughs) not realizing it's each other (laughs) and and wait okay tell me how 
Lisa first initiated contact with him and said, how did they say that we have your ring? So, well, actually, I guess it was Haley. Haley wrote the letter saying, do you want the ring? Um, but Elisa, she's the one who like found the Twitter and started the Twitter conversation. That's right. That's right. So it was letters, but then it, it did move to online, um, solely online. And they called each other their secret friend and started to talk about more than just the letters and the ring. And yeah. Yeah, this movie, it was like, to me, it's like Deliver by Christmas meets Letters to Juliet. Yes. <laughs> that is this movie to me. <laughs> exactly. And and you and I had talked before, you know, I am a, I am a huge sucker for these type of movies where the, the we're writing and you don't know who you are. And yeah, obviously, it's someone that you have a contentious relationship with in in real life and um so the way that they did this one i i thought was charming i thought it was mm-hmm. so nice and so fun that yeah there you knew there was conflict coming and you knew probably what it was going to be but um just the development of the online relationship and the in real life relationship was really well done mm-hmm. yeah for sure and um, they actually, they never actually meet because of their online personalities. They sort of decide we're not, like, we've had this conversation, but we're interested in other people, <laughs> which happens to be the same person, but it's, you know, whatever. <laughs> so I actually think that was a nice touch that they, they realized that, no, like, it's this person that I know in real life, not like, because, yes. you know, online personalities, you can seem a little fake or whatever, but like. Yeah. They, they liked each other for the true sense, even after all this conflict and um, competition. They did. And I, they had both had fun re- conversations with like a good friend and about mm-hmm. it and kind of like, oh, wow, this, this happened. And th- both of their friends were like, so you find out it's the same person. Like, how awesome is that? And they're like, oh, I guess so. You know, <laughs> He said that he was like, yeah, I guess that is pretty awesome. And, and then she was saying, oh techie poet he dumped me and or he doesn't want to talk anymore because he's into somebody else and her friend's like well so are you and she's like oh yeah you're right I guess I am so they smooth past that yeah yeah so that was all good but um so yeah so then they um well he realizes who she is when he walks her to her condo and he realizes hey this is Marisol's little condo and she realizes when Lucy refers to him as techie poet, she drops the techie poet line. Um, and that's when they make that connection. And um, then they, of course, they meet and they're like, yes, we want to pursue this relationship with one another. And I got to say, I loved her dress at the end. That red dress was so pretty. I, t- I wrote that down too. I'm like, great wardrobe. Like, it yeah. Was- spring so springy but then this war this dress at the end this beautiful red dress was mm-hmm. so, so cute yes okay can we go back to one thing that i have i wondered if you could clarify for me sure so she says when she doesn't know you know she writes this letter and says hey i want you to know i found a box of letters in my condo my new condo i also found this gift that you gave to somebody if you'd want it back. And then he figures out it's probably the, my grandmother's ring, you know, all this stuff. Didn't he at that point realize or know that this is the condo? Like he could have gone there to the condo and seen right. who this was. 
But he never but did he, I think he had such a negative association because of how she left. That's why he, it was just too painful for him. True, true. To go back. Because he even mentioned, like, when he walked her to her condo. It wasn't so much him, I don't think, realizing who she was. He freaked out partially because, like, she lived there in his <laughs> old fiance's house or condo. You are right. You're right. So so his relationship with Marisol was they dated for three years, got engaged, and then she just disappears on him. Just ghosts him, leaves the family, her family is even like, we're so sorry. We don't know really what, what's going on with her. And so he is just totally brokenhearted, totally. Mm-hmm. But what I gather, it's about a year or so later is when these letters come back and, and the ring is found again. And then she shows up. Yes. We need to talk about that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What did you think about that? Well, she, well, A, she just shows up and says the reasoning behind her disappearance because she needed to travel and she wouldn't, you know, be able to do that with a family and whatever, which is not an unvalid thing. I that I didn't have a problem with like that was her reasoning. She wanted to travel or whatever. It was that she didn't think she should tell him like, hey, this is what I need to do. Like, right. if you want to travel before, you know, starting a family or whatever, that's okay. I, that's fine. But at least tell your fiance. She was so in her head about that. She thought that she knew exactly what he would say. He was ready for the kids and the family. She wasn't. So she just freaks out and she leaves. Then she comes back. And you don't, you kind of don't know why she's back, except that she makes it clear. She, she thinks they can pick back up where they left. Yeah. She just expecting they just to go right as they were. And like, what is wrong with you, woman? And and you almost get the sense like he would have done it if he hadn't met um, this, uh, if he hadn't met um, Haley. Don't mm-hmm. you think? Like, I think so. Because I think she was a big part of him in like gaining some closure, you yeah. know, and moving on. Yeah. And by the time he had moved on and he was just like, not yeah. worth it. Right. Bye, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy to hear him say it's not the sign you think it is. You know, yes, we found this ring, but it's not the sign you think. Yeah. Think- yeah. And I was re- I was really glad that 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 wasn't a conflict for the movie that he like got it back together and then he messaged her like, "Oh, sorry, Marisol's back and we're together again." Like, I was so glad they did not go that direction cuz I think it really killed it a little bit. I know. <laughs> Me too. So, but yeah, Marisol was just a little crazy. <laughs> For thinking that things would not have changed after she ghosted him no. for no for no well for a reason but with not even telling him without even telling him yeah that she was gonna leave i mean he could have thought she was like dead i know or like how did they i don't know <laughs> I, I didn't even yeah their grandma's mother's ring she didn't even return anyway she just she really really lost lost out on that and uh too bad. Too bad for Marisol, but he came a long way, which was nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. All right. So t- rating time. How did you rate this movie? I gave it a nine out of 10. I really, really liked it. I liked it. I, I thought I liked the first one made made for you with love. And then this one came along and I was like, oh my gosh, this one is so great too. First of all, I love Natalie Hall. I think that she is just precious in in everything she does marsha williams this was the best i've ever seen him honestly i felt like he was he was 
fun and natural. He was funny. He usually is a little stiff sometimes to me, but in this one, he just, he just, I don't know. He said the right things. He did the right things. He, he was, he was good. The conflict was something that they talked through. They actually talked through and, and didn't rush the, um, the ending. I didn't feel like, so I appreciated that. Um, Mm -hmm. he ends up winning the grant of course, but he also gets a little money on the side too. And, um, it was beautiful. Like you said, the wardrobe was beautiful. The The setting was beautiful. They had fun jobs. I liked it so much. Nine out of 10. What about you? I gave it eight and a half out of 10. So very close. Very close. Okay. Yes. I, I really enjoyed this movie too. Like it was, uh, their chemistry was so good. It was just so funny. Yeah. And I didn't really think I was, this is another one. I didn't think I was going to like it, but this one, I, it was never, I really, like the last one, I definitely didn't like it when I first started, and then I liked it. This one, I just didn't think I would because of the love letter angle. That for me is just like not a storyline that usually interests me. But I thought they did it really well, and it totally worked for me. Um, the nonprofit storyline I think didn't interest me as much, um, right. but but again, the humor and the chemistry mm-hmm. made up for it. So eight and a half out of ten. This good one. This Recommend. A yeah. total winner in my book. Yeah, good. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. From Amazon bestselling author Esther Hatch comes a fresh and fun Victorian era rom-com. Manor for sale, barren included. Lord Farnsworth would rather rot in debtor's prison than sell the one place that feels like home to him, his mother's manor. That is until he meets the charming woman who wants to buy it. Suddenly his plans become clear. Sell her the home and then woo her to the altar. What could possibly go wrong? If you enjoy your historical romance, sweet and clean with a large dose of humor, Hatch weaves the perfect story for you. See why readers are saying, quote, from the first page, this book had me grinning from ear to ear. Esther's beautiful writing style and lovable characters make you fall in love instantly and invest yourself in the story until the very end. Manna for Sale, Baron Included is available on Amazon in paperback and Kindle also available in Kindle Unlimited. So check out the new novel, Matter for Sale, Baron Included. And we had an episode of our podcast with Esther where we dove more into the book. So you should definitely check that out as well. Really fun, dishy read. Moving right along to the dating list. (laughs) This one stars Natalie Dreyfus and Andrew Dunbar. And they play Abby and Dan. And Abby is um, in the like editing business. She wants to become a junior editor at this kind of prestigious company. And uh, basically the boss says you need a recommendation from a senior editor. Otherwise it's no go. And um, but things change when this boss, uh, what's her first name? Susan. Susan. Thank you. Susan Danvers is in need. She is, she has decided it is time to look for love, but she is a busy woman. She has a very successful business. And so she (laughs) needs an assistant to uh, help her go through her matches online. And she has quite a few of them that like, it was like 3000 or something crazy. 3000 matches, (laughs) which is, unheard of i would think um i'm pretty sure that it's like not even possible 
3,000. I mean, you have to be so undiscriminate or undiscriminate. Like, I would like a man age 20 to 60 and then you get 3,000 matches. She had no system to weed them out, which was so weird. Because she has so many things. She has so many requirements. <laughs> Oh, no wonder she was overwhelmed. So Abby miraculously <laughs> narrows them down to six. Six men. <laughs> yes, because our friend helps her with a program to just nix that all out and take all the legwork out of this. <laughs> Thank goodness. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, that's like the main uh, storyline for Abby, like getting her foot into this company. Um, but then we have Dan. And Abby and Dan first meet at this like um deli bistro kind of place again another meet cute i found a little odd (laughs) because they both show up she's kind of late for her interview with susan and they're they're both trying to order at the same time and i'm like exact same time who does this and they keep going (laughs) like for like an extended a very overly extended period of time and i'm like Okay, and did you notice the um, the cashier was the 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 friend from the first movie? Oh, how funny! No, I did not notice that, but I noticed the cafe was the same cafe from the Bacon movie in January. Really? Let's see, look yeah. at all these connections. We're just yeah. <laughs> we're just finding them everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, so they meet and they have to like go through their orders because the, the cashier is like, I don't know, you guys sort it out. Here's everything you asked for. And so they have to pick apart all our food. <laughs> and then in the meantime, as they're as they're sorting food and stuff, they kind of have cute banter, kind of fun banter. But she realizes she's late. She picks up, she swoops up um, these manuscripts that she had in her hand. Well, we find out later they switched manuscripts. So what mm-hmm. this important thing that she had in her hand he actually had now in his possession, and she had his stuff. So that was that was. The whole hullabaloo of that was like, okay, there was a reason for this. They got to meet again. (laughs) Yes, yes. Because she ended up with his friend's book. um, And it was like the only copy in existence. Because technology has failed the world. (laughs) Only copy because a writer artist is going to do what he does and make one copy, I guess, on this this thing. So that was a funny part to me, honestly. When they run to the copy shop. And she's like... (laughs) Pinkos or whatever it is, they run there, and she obsessively makes all of these copies, backs up, you know, the copies. I guess on this on this little yeah, drive. hard copies, CDs, flash drives. <laughs> it's on the cloud. <laughs> she couldn't fathom the idea that this was the only copy, and she had marked it up. She had read it. Yeah, she night. started editing it. <laughs> she edited it. But she loved it. She did love it. She thought it was a, a winner of a book. So that was kind of cool. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. Um, so that's how they kind of get their their start. Um, but so Dan's big thing, too, his kind of storyline is that he is actually a uh, author under the pen name of Dexter Hayes. And she, of course, does not know this. Nobody knows. He's one of those where this author is not known to anybody who he is. He's a very mysterious person. But he has not produced a book in, it's like, two years. And Susan, who is, like, his (coughs) publishing company, I guess, um, that represents him, is like, "Um, yo, I gave you an advance. (laughs) (laughs) 
I need a book in return, which is very valid. Like, I totally understand. Like, hello. Totally. He's under contract, I would think. Yeah. And he is, has so many privileges, I think, because or so many graces from them because he's like the uh, the big seller, right? Mm-hmm. He's the big name, the big seller, all this mystery around him because no one knows who he actually is. So the, it's worth it for the company to keep him on. They just really want to put the pressure on him. Right. And the thing is, he has the book written. He just doesn't like it. He's just not satisfied with it, which I kind of understand. But I also kind of like, dude, like, just give give her the book. Like, it's not like you can say it's a first draft. Just like give them something. Right. (laughs) You're like throwing yourself under the bus here. But anyway. Right. (laughs) Exactly. So so then Abby, along with this, this, she gets this temp job from Susan, which a special project, finding her a date, you know, finding her a guy to date. Finding her love. (laughs) <laughs> yes. And then the the Susan just kind of throws it out there like, hey, you have one chance, one book that you want to, you know, pitch and kind of give us this taste of who you are as a editor and we maybe we'll consider you for junior editor. So she then wants to pitch this friend's book, Greg mm-hmm. Cooper. Right, Greg Cooper. She reads so. the book on accident, and then she gets gets back in touch with Dan, and you know wants to start working with Greg Cooper as this editor. I love how they kept saying, "Wait, what did he say? Junior editor, almost, or something like that." Yeah. There was a way that they- I'm a junior editor, almost, <laughs> almost. Like they kept saying this specific. Type That's the selling point here. <laughs> yeah. Almost, almost, which was really cute. But uh, what did you think of their chemistry? Um, I don't know. I thought it was it was it had its moments. I think it it was hurt a little bit because she would always pull back whenever he like tried to advance a little like, bit. Literally pull back from a kiss. That was so awkward. <laughs> I know she did that twice actually, which is very valid because she you knows she's trying. She realizes as she's met him, he meets Susan's criteria, but she also realizes that he has met her criteria because she made a list in the beginning of her criteria. <laughs> so I think that kind of hurt it because she was just trying to this whole time is trying to set him up for someone else, even though it's very obvious from the beginning that right. Susan connects with Greg, not with Dan. <laughs> I see. I liked those obvious moments that they connected because I did think they they had chemistry in those moments. You know, they're walking and talking and asking each other questions. And he takes her to this. Um, oh, they find out they both have this reading nook, you know, all of these. these yes. That um, she he checks off whatever Susan wants. She realizes that's actually something that she likes too, you know? So I do think they had chemistry in those moments. I thought it was really cute the way they interacted, but oh my gosh. Yes. And I have to say quick pause. Greg is played by Nathan Witt. I think is his last name is pronounced known in Hallmark. I love him. He needs his own movie. So he does. You know what? He was, um, you know who he was um, in my best friend's bouquet this fall. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, he was. So he needs more. He needs more of these movies. So he, yes. he did that. Yeah, I loved him in this movie. I thought he was really, really good. He was fun as the friend. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, kudos for, for wanting to date Susan because <laughs> she was quite the interesting character as well <laughs> and had a lot of criteria. You know, I, I really liked her. Um, I didn't like her storyline necessarily. It wasn't like why I would watch the movie, but I, I thought it was 
sweet how she went from this, you know, Devil Wears Prada type boss almost to to a genuine friend. And she changes throughout the movie and she loosens up and, you know, Greg's not what she thought she wanted, but it's what she needs. And, you know, I thought she had a, a nice character development. She did, but for me, it felt almost too inconsistent <clears throat> because we didn't really see it. Like it, we are led to believe it's because of Greg that she's kind of softening, but we don't really see it as much because they're not the focus of the story. And so it felt almost inconsistent to me. It was like, it felt like a switch flipped. And it was like, yeah. oh, okay. Now you are besties with Abby and you just chat in the bathroom stall together. <laughs> it was so weird. I'm like, wow, this woman's really close to her boss. Like, let's go in the bathroom together. <laughs> talk about love girl time time in the bathroom also that just that like mix up or the uh, misunderstanding with who Susan actually was into she was into Greg and Abby thought she was into Daniel and I'm like just say the name say the name I like Greg or oh how's it going with Daniel you know like clarify it and just say the name and we can like breeze through all of this awkwardness and just get on with it (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) if only that would be too easy though so it would have been way too easy would have been way too easy Uh, but we're jumping a little ahead I jumped a little ahead I want to go back to um when he I think one of the best scenes of this movie for me was when he had her read the portion of his book and she is like no stop I can't do this while you're watching me (laughs) Because he's just like, I need to know what you think. Because he, he really respects her at that point. He sees what she can do. He, he knows her taste with Greg's book and everything. And um, mm-hmm. he's starting to really, really like her as a person. So personally, he, he wants her opinion. And uh, I loved that, too. I love that you brought that up. I thought that was so cute how she runs out of the room and says, give me the rest of those chapters right now. And he's like, wait, did you like it? Did you not? And she's like, just give them to me, you know, <laughs> yes. all night. And their kiss after that, after she reads it and yeah. Like, oh, I'm so glad. And he like just swoops her up and he kisses Very her. spontaneous. I'm so spontaneous. I think I gasped out loud. I think I was like, oh. <laughs> I, I literally wrote in my notes. Whoa. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was cute. It was a really um, fun, fun kiss, a fun way to do that. But and then she ran, runs away. <laughs> and it's awkward. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So he, he had been trying to kiss her for a while. I mean, he'd been thinking about kissing her for a while. So this just was he was ready for it. But she wasn't. So that was kind of. Because he's the one for Susan, clearly. Right. They had nothing. Yeah, they didn't even want to be together. They like always. I know. Together. So they're funny. totally off, not on the same page. And he, you know, he brought up some valid points to Susan, which she like kind of reconsiders later of like how the business is run and kind of some unethical practices they were were doing. So again, we have some of this thing where like some real points of conflict of ethics coming into play that are really nice to to kind of see. Yeah, that's true. Go take it a little deeper. Take it a little further. And um, kind of wrestle with some of those serious things that people wrestle with in their mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So um, flash forward back to our um, bathroom scene. 
After Susan leaves, it just so happens that Beatrice was in the stall next to them and heard everything. And she has been very jealous throughout this whole movie. She wants to be junior editor. You know, Abby has gotten it seemingly out of nowhere. And then she realized from this conversation, it's a special project of finding her perfect love match for her from the dating site. And so she's like, oh, no, I, I can't let you do that to him. And she like <laughs> puts a... I don't even remember what it was that she put in the handle. Basically, blocks her into the into the stall. Blocks her into the stall, which I guess it went all the way down because I'm like, I know you're in a public bathroom, but you got a shimmy under that door. So I, I guess know, I just think crawl under, right? She couldn't. I guess she couldn't. So she goes over the top, which seems harder to do. Way harder <laughs> because the toilet is in the back. So how do you get over the stall? Like you have to climb on something. I don't know. Maybe she- is a and it was like the big stall. It was like the handicap stall, right? Because they could both fit in there. Yeah, it was. It <laughs> so went there was like through. nothing to climb on. Okay, so here's my question, though. So as she's struggling in the bathroom in the stall, she's struggling, she's pounding, she can't get out. Beatrice goes and tells Daniel what? Like, I really didn't know. Like, what was she telling him and why did he care so much? Beatrice didn't know that Abby knew he was Dexter. That was a secret still. So Mm -hmm. what did Beatrice go tell him? She was just telling him that, like, um, that Abby had been, like, basically priming him. Well, not normal priming him, but, like, setting him up to be Susan's, like, date, I guess. I don't know. Which I I will, like, I think I see, like, where we're going with this. I don't quite understand the conflict either because... I don't, I guess I didn't see it the way he saw it. He's like, you used me to get ahead. But I never really saw it that that's what she was trying to do. Right. I mean, I can kind of see when I think about it from his point of view, like, okay, yeah, like she, she was going to get this promotion if she was successful. But like, she just was finding someone to meet her boss's criteria. Like, it wasn't the way he made it sound, I guess. No, it wasn't. And honestly, it was, it kind of just made her, her hopes and dreams and aspirations vocationally it made those like villainous and i was like that's not that's not really a bad thing actually (laughs) i mean to stomp on people along the way sure but i don't think she was necessarily doing that you know she had this thing where she said he's like you lied to me and she kept a couple times she said well you lied too (laughs) you know like you lied you didn't tell me who you were and I got the desperation of that from her because I was feeling that same thing. Like, she's not really the villain here. I, I don't know. Yeah, the conflict. She's really not. Right, and then he just kind of gets really childish, and he's like, "Don't talk to me." And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> all right, okay, <laughs> Are we I five. Giving you the silent treatment." <laughs> no, I, I was a little put off by how they handled that conflict at the end, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. I will agree. I I didn't love that, but yeah, I guess it helped that they didn't turn right around and run to each other's arms. Um, mm-hmm. They did. They gave us a few. They put us off a little bit with a one month later, right? A year later, like they really kind of put yeah, us off. Yeah, they they did an interesting ending with that for sure. Because yeah, we first see. Um, Abby and Susan both quit and they start their own company, which yes. was really sweet. That was really sweet, I thought. I liked that. But, Beatrice um, had her happy ending somewhere else. 
the two of these women like kind of go forward and realize they don't want to be as ruthless as this other publishing company made them be. And they had a choice here professionally. And so I, I liked that. I thought that was nice. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, and Abby and Dan did have one meetup um, before like the, the one month and the one year later that Greg oh. set up. Um, oh, yeah. I don't remember exactly what he said, but I know she called him out for leaving. She's like the second she says something about like the second, you know, some things got hard, you ran and that's not okay. And I was like, yeah, you, you I go was, girl, you tell him. <laughs> that is great. That's a great point, Jess. I too, I was like, this is a good conversation. She's really putting words to, to, you know, what she's feeling. And I, I respected that a lot. My daughter was sitting here watching it with me. She's 12. And he said this phrase, he said, she's perfect, like six times in the movie practically. And every time he said that, she would be like, ah, why is he saying that? Why is he? She, nobody's perfect. Like she got mad <laughs> that he kept saying she's perfect. She's perfect. So this, that m- scene that you just described at the coffee shop where she's like, the minute something goes wrong, you run away. You know, um, my daughter was like, yeah, <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is good. You know, like that's exactly what he did. And yeah. This is real. <laughs> Yeah, this is totally real. But she, of course, she's like, she shouldn't forgive him. And I was like, no, 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 she has to forgive him or else she'd be just like him, you know, and doing what he did. Right. (laughs) Well, the thing, though, is, is when they did the one year later, I felt like she just accepted him very quickly. Like, oh, yeah, let's start a relationship. I'm good to go. I'm like, I think I'd have a little more caution. Not that she shouldn't forgive him, but I'd be a little more cautious and like, oh, yes, please come into my arms now. You're right. You're right. That that was pretty quick. Like it was a, a month had gone by, I guess they hadn't talked maybe or something, but now he comes and he understands it. He does say like, also, why did it take you a month to apologize? Right. But he does like say, you're right. You were right. That's what I did, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I was, I was glad to hear that from him, but it was, it was a funny little ending there. I wasn't, wasn't too hyped up about that, but And then they have the one year later with Greg's book coming out, him and Susan together, Abby and Dan are together, and everything ends just perfectly. Just perfectly. Susan is pregnant, and, you know, Dexter Hayes is writing under their label, and it's just, it all wraps up nice and tight. (laughs) Yes, with a bow. (laughs) All right. I think it's time for the ratings. Great. Well, I would rate this. I would give this a 6.5 out of 10 because I actually really, I liked her character. Actually. Mm -hmm. I liked how ambitious she was. She was really smart. She was confident and um, she was a good editor, I think. And, you know, she just played that role really well, I thought. And um, sometimes her ambition got her in trouble, you know, as, as we saw, that was what the conflict was. But um I would like to see her in another movie. I I thought she did such a, a great job. This leading man, you know, they had some sweet moments together. And so so that was that was fun. I didn't hate it, but it, it, I don't want to give it too high of a rating because there were some things I just didn't love. So um six point five out of ten. Yeah, I'm pretty much right there with you. I gave it six out of ten. I'm always just like a little bit lower than you. <laughs> I know. I got a little bit of this optimism that I always want to rate them higher than. You give them all just a little bit more benefit of the doubt than I do. 
I do. But yeah, I agree. Like, I wasn't super invested in the story, um, especially like some of the plot points and storyline just didn't quite work um, for me. But it definitely had its moments. And, you know, it did have some good, some fun comedy in there and um, some cute moments that that were good. So yeah, six out of ten. We're doing pretty good here. We're we're doing good much on the same page. I know All this right. was a good, pretty good month for movies until no. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this last one, we'll see how we do. <laughs> this is going to be the one we totally disagree on. <laughs> Hint of love with Debs Howard and Dennis Andres, and so Hallmarkies, you will recognize Debs Howard from quite a bit of Hallmark, um, most recently Terminal Descent of the Crossword Mysteries. And uh, Dennis Andres should also be very, very familiar because he was just in uh, Up TV TV movie last month, Blueprint to the Heart. So yes, they're very familiar. And they play Becky and Will, and they are both in the food scene. She is quite the uppity, uh, (laughs) sort of pretentious, food personality of all the needs to be high, high end, everything super high quality and completely unaccessible to the normal population. Yeah, um, basically they described that she edits cookbooks like coffee table cookbooks, like ones that are just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. But who mm-hmm. really makes the food, you know? Right, exactly. And he's a single dad. And so he has a TV show and he's also done a cookbook and he's looking to do a second. And he wants to make food that's accessible for families, especially single parents who don't have time to spend an hour prepping things or might not have the money to buy the highest quality food out there. So um, he's all about the convenience and the accessibility. And um, there, again, another very interesting meet cute. I feel like all these had... (laughs) Mikis that were quite interesting. Um, so she knows who he is. Um, he doesn't really know anything about her, but she knows him from TV. She is very clear that she thinks he's mediocre. Um, mm-hmm. To she her friend or something. Ex- yeah, she uses his cookbook as an example um, to show other clients, like we're not doing this. Like that's right. why this is what you don't want to do. <laughs> right. So she doesn't like him for sure. And she's dating a food critic named Robert, and she's waiting for him at this restaurant. And in walks Will Fryer, TV personality, and he is immediately recognized, and all these people want pictures with him. And so she takes the photo very unwillingly for for him. And he's like, you know, he's trying to chat her up, and she's just like completely not having it. Totally cold shoulder in him, yes. Like, she's just pretty icy to him. So icy. You can tell that she thinks, you know, he's beneath her. He's beneath and, me. Yep. <laughs> and, she, and he's kind of like, he's thrown by that a little bit. Like, I, he doesn't really know why, you know. So, right. Anyway. Again, he doesn't know her or really know that she knows anything about him. So, it's, uh, yeah, pretty cold meeting. She has her dinner with Robert. <laughs> We see I mean, that her Robert, and Robert are very similar. I mean, Robert is just her equal right away. You know, you could tell he's this food critic and he really likes how sophisticated she is. And he really likes the work that she does and the high end, you know, French food type of thing that she does. And um, he just he loves that. And he he thinks they're right on the same page. And so does she. She thinks it's a, yeah. a, great, it's a first date. Yes, I believe so. 
Yeah. Um, and I don't know how you felt about them two together, but like I, in that first like dinner date they had, I was like, these two actually seem good together. <laughs> I, I didn't really care for either one of them because I'm like, they are really snobby. <laughs> but so I'm like, y'all we can be snobby together, I guess, because you. you and he like remembered the thing about her, like she loved mac and cheese, and so he got her gourmet mac and cheese with Briere and everything. And, um. right. Okay, I actually I did like them together, um, but you know she had this subtle change throughout the whole movie, and she kind of realized who she she remembered who she was. I guess you know she was kind of playing up to this sophisticated role that she had to play at work, but then she could really let down throughout as the movie went on and um i just thought they were together too long through like they i they broke up like in eight minutes left to the movie you know they realized yeah he's like, that's i'm not true. feeling this he said i'm not feeling this and you know i was like ah you're just together way too long for me here mm-hmm. especially because she she developed at least midway where she started to change and you could see that they her and robert were just like not on the same page anymore right um totally yeah yeah to end this date this first date that she had with robert and then she comes out to the valet parking he leaves and now she's standing there again with will fryer and he's he like you know they're kind of looking at each other again and and he's like so you know good date and she's like yeah not that it's any of your business you know and then and he's like well have a lovely night late a pretentious woman who doesn't like me very much or something like yes he was just he just laid it out there (laughs) he was funny to me i really really liked that character will fryer yeah he was just so laid back and easygoing and i did i wrote that exact line down i'm like that was hilarious (laughs) (laughs) me too My goodness, but um, but yes, so they they definitely don't hit it off right away. Yes, mostly due to Becky. <laughs> but um, we do learn very early on they have this connection with kind of both having Southwest roots, and um, that's going to be the inspiration for his next cookbook. Mm-hmm. But his manager is Stevie, is like, dude, you need some help because people are mocking your your cookbook, and so we need to work on your image and. That is how Will's little cookbook project ends up in Becky's lap. And she walks in, realizes what's going on, and pretty much laughs in their face and walks back out. <laughs> but forced, she's pretty much forced to do this by her a company in order to get a promotion. Like they really, yes. they're like, kind of hold that over her head, you know, do this or or not, you know, but the promotion right. on it, you know. So she really kind of has to stick it out and, and, um, see if they have any common ground and really try to work with him here. Now I like his cookbooks. I mean, I didn't, I never knew what was in it, but the whole philosophy behind it and the idea behind it, this, you mm-hmm. know, this busy parent, especially a single dad, he had this great backstory, you know, with, for how all of this developed, his wife passes away. He has, has a two year old son. He, he can't, he doesn't have time to do this stuff. So he starts blogging, you know, and then en- ends up, becoming kind of famous through the blog and then this TV personality. Like I thought he was so great and what he was doing for single parents and um, was awesome. And so every, any like thing that they, that she said, you could do this better. You need fresh produce, like all this stuff. I mean, I thought he had a good argument to come back every time, you know, 
yeah I don't have time to go to the grocery store there I gotta use right. this stuff. I you know I could I could see it yeah and it it, it frustrated me a little bit that they both couldn't realize they needed to meet in the middle. <laughs> I mean, they did eventually get there, but I'm like, okay, like she's, you're here because you need to elevate. So you have to give a little, and she has a point, like some of these things, fresher things are better for your child and right. maybe some small adjustments can enhance the flavor. Right. But, and she's like, also has to realize, um, yeah, he does not have the hour to prep all his food. Like he's got a hungry whatever how old the, I don't remember how old the kid was supposed to be what they actually said but you know yeah I, um, an eight-year-old nine-year-old they said eight, eight yeah eight eight-year-old is what David was by now um so yeah I think that the process of a movie like this with the you know they have the whole book thing the whole development of the food thing they're talking about the process and the recipes and the people like and that did drag on for me a little bit in this in this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you thought about that. If it was necessary to to do all of this in detail like they did, I will agree. Like there was something missing for sure, and I don't. When I finished the movie, I couldn't even quite put a finger on what it was that I felt was missing. Um, but yeah, I agree. It was. It definitely was slower and. It just needed something. It needed a dash of something else. Wait. <laughs> Not a hint. It didn't need a hint of love, or it needed. It needed a, a dash of love. Dash of- <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'd be curious to see what other people thought about this movie too, because you know, on paper, I, I think that it would be. It's just that cookie cutter script. You know, you could really love it or take it or leave it and stuff. But it's it's one of those movies where I think either some people maybe really didn't love it or they, they could have thought it was so great or so sweet. And mm-hmm. so I'd be, I'd be curious to see what other people think, but it, it wasn't, yeah. wasn't my favorite. Yeah, I agree. I didn't, I didn't quite feel their chemistry and I don't know if that is more because we just saw him in January and he, and I forget her name, but whoever played the female lead, their chemistry was so good. It was and then so good. I didn't feel like this quite was at that level. And so maybe that was like why it felt kind of like uh, a little bit of disappointment. Plus, they had quite a few scenes <laughs> where they were just like, you know, they do that little stare thing. Like, oh, we're feeling the spark of electricity. But they dragged a little too long. And I'm like, eh, this is like a lot of awkward staring. <laughs> it right. felt awkward. I'm like, this doesn't feel good as a viewer. <laughs> this feels weird. Stop looking at each other like that. Stop like, like as soon as you realize your hand and her hand are on the same. I know. Pencil, like move your hand. Don't. I know. That's there. exactly. I thought. I I thought the exact thing when I saw that. I'm like, if I would like accidentally touch someone, I'm like, oh, sorry. Like you're. I, I know this is a romance movie. No, that <laughs> was just like a little movie. overdone. <laughs> I totally agree. I totally agree. They didn't. They didn't have the chemistry I wanted them to have. And um, it was a little bit of an opposite to track, but they also kind of found out they actually have a lot of things in common, you know. Um, I, what carried it for me was him. This, this Dennis Unders, again, I just, I really liked him last month. I really liked what he did this month as far as his acting, his character, his um, humor, and, uh, you know, the way that he really tried to connect with the actress and her character. Um, I liked I liked him a lot. I wish I liked mm-hmm. them together. 
I wish I liked the storyline and the plot yeah. better. I wonder if they had made them less opposite. Like, I almost felt like she was just too... Like, she she definitely redeemed herself, but she started out as such an unlikable character. So unlikable because of how, like, snobby she was, you know? And it. I wonder if that hurt, like, the image. Like, by the end, we're still not, like, feeling we love you as a character. <laughs> Even though she did change. Like, it, it, it happened, but I'm like, you left such a big impression <laughs> from the beginning. <laughs> you did. Of like she the did. ice queen. He bless his heart was so sweet about it, you know, like he really like drew her out and this dream that she had and really challenged her on that. And um she was helping him, sure, but he was really helping her. And he was mm-hmm. he just kept seeing the good in her that I kept going, Okay, wait, where is it? Okay, wait. <laughs> oh yeah, he likes her. I should probably like her by now, you know. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? So anyway. maybe that's, yeah, the big thing in there that, that would have helped is less, less is more in the beginning <laughs> I know. with her character. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, yeah, she does, she does eventually change. Robert doesn't quite change. Although I have to say, like when they had that scene with the taste testing and everyone's just kind of like, mm, I thought Robert was pretty kind until he went outside and opened his mouth, but he was pretty kind in how he phrased it. It's uh, on par. Yes. You know, you know, usually food critics are pretty, they're pretty blunt. And he, he's like, he kind of like, you know, minced the words a little bit for, for him. He did. He could have gone full on Simon Cowell there, but he didn't, you know. That <laughs> was atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it did bother me a little bit that she never cooked in an apron. And she always cooked in these beautiful <laughs> blouses. I was like, put an apron on. You are dealing with mole and red sauce. Yeah. <laughs> Get an apron on. You were, I thought you were a serious cook, but. Right? She was. <laughs> Can't be all willy nilly in the kitchen. Come on. Now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But then she starts having some conflicts with her boss. Um, they move up. The deadline was the first thing they had to really like amp it up. But um, then in the beginning, he's like, this is just not the image we, we want. And that like really, that's another part of the storyline I think didn't work for me. Cause like that was her argument in the beginning. And now you're saying like, um, why haven't you elevated this to our level? And that had been her point from the beginning was we can't <laughs> elevate this to our level without like him without like really straying for who he is so i did love when she was when she was like super like blunt with him it's like well that's a you problem <laughs> we should just set it back to his face like that's your problem i know that was that was good oh <laughs> uh, i so, i think there too is at the end right at the end she had this this sweet friend this baker all throughout the movie who was just a great sounding yes. bird. And this friend, all of a sudden, she and Robert, like, find each other and start dating, I guess. Or they kind of, they're into each other. It was like, they could have done this for half the movie, and I would have loved it. Like, where was this? Because it came out of left field. I had no no impression she was interested in him. It was so weird. I was like, ah, oh, that's such a fun storyline. Develop that. Yeah. And then, that. and then uh, Becky's just like, hey, he's, he's single and ready to mingle. Here you go. Have my leftovers. I'm all about the food like, puns. 
<laughs> and the friend's like, okay, great. Uh, so, I mean, I guess it's a good ending for, for her and Robert then, I guess. But yeah, it was a little, it was a little out of left field. Um, but yeah, then they have the launch party and um, Becky realizes like, hey, like these are not the single dads I invited. Mm-hmm. Because again, the boss just did whatever he wanted. And this too, another conflict thing, I didn't quite understand why um, Will was, I mean, I get he was upset, but I'm like, it's just a party. I mean, don't be that mad about what happened. It wasn't her fault. Like, get it was over like it, dude. He didn't- he didn't even notice at first, you know, because he wanted right. to talk to her. He wanted to talk to her about the um the rent, this lease, and the space that she could do her own restaurant. And then, you know, she kind of is like, uh, "I'm sorry about this party." And he looks around. He's like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm so I'm uh this is not what I wanted for my party. Oh no, but um that's." It that just kind of bombed for me a little bit the the little conflict at the end. I, I'm yeah. not very positive about this movie. I'm sorry, but <laughs> um, but yes. Yeah, so I guess wrapping up this movie, um, Becky quits. She kind of reconnects with Will because she reads his introduction that he changed to really kind of give a lot of credit to her and stuff, um, and then. Will's manager is the one who prompts him to go see Becky and they eventually, you know, meet up and they make up and it's all good. They meet up, they make up. It's at the restaurant she just opened. They're kind of cute about it. Uh, It's over. Yes. That wraps up Hint of Love. What is your rating? Well, my rating is... I forget the lowest rating I've ever given, but this doesn't take that. It doesn't take that because I really liked his character. I mean, I'm going to go 4.5 out of 10. 4.5 out of 10. That's definitely not the lowest. I've, I think the lowest I've given is a 2. Really? But <laughs> it was really funny because Amy gave it like a 9. <laughs> no way. I want to hear what was that. Well, you'll tell me later. But I, yeah, um, I don't even remember the title. I'm, I'm yeah, so yeah. But anyway. That's off topic, but I was actually a little more generous in this one. I gave it four, or not four, five out of ten. Did so you just a little more generous? Tell me why. What's your what's your half a point more generous than me? I don't know. I think it's because I wanted to like it because usually I really enjoy cooking movies. Like one of my favorite movies of all time is, um, well, I say it's my favorite, and then I can't remember the titles. So that's great. <laughs> oh no, no reservations. I haven't seen it in a while. Um, with Catherine Zeta Jones. I love that movie. Yes. Yes. Uh, minus the awkward makeout scene. But anyway. <laughs> it can't be perfect. <laughs> it can't be perfect. You know, we could just cut that out. It'd be great. But, um, you know, cooking shows, they usually work for me. Um, I, I really do generally like them. Um, but this one was slow. And they had some good banter. They really, I think that helped you. They did have some good, like, banter moments. But kind of like what we talked about. It just, it was a bit more of a, of a miss. Yeah. It yeah. just needed some, the story needed some work and the characters just didn't quite go together. No, and they almost did. They had scenes where they almost did. You know, there was this one cute scene of hopscotch with um, the son, David, and and then yeah. Becky she- and Will. And that was a really fun scene. You could see her loosen up. He says, he gives her a challenge. I used to do this. She's like, no, I'm in heels. And he says, okay, boring Becky. <laughs> and yeah. I, laughed, I laughed out loud. I thought that was so cute. So funny. She's like, I'm not boring. And then she does it. 
I love that one little scene, but it's like, that was all they gave us, you know? Yeah, like, it wasn't, it definitely wasn't a horrible movie. Like, I'll, I'll say that. It wasn't horrible. It just, it di- didn't quite go there. And I agree with, like, they just didn't give us enough. And I wonder, too, maybe if they had u- utilized um, the son David a little more outside of just being a taste tester. Right. Like, some cute, like, family moments. Like, right. you know, he was really just there to taste the food and to yell dad to interrupt their conversation. <laughs> So maybe they had used him a little differently. We could have had some more more moments too. Yeah. Yeah. Five out of 10 for you. That's great. So, but yeah, we were pretty much together on our ratings the whole time there. So we were very good. Very good. Well, all right, everyone. Um, That concludes this month's recap of all the February movies. Be sure to be following us on Twitter and Instagram at O-U-A Upside. And Carrie, where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram at Hallmark Comics. That's Hallmark underscore comics. All right. And you can find me at Just BSW Blog on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, make sure to be following the Hallmarkies podcast at Hallmarkies Pod or Hallmarkies Podcast across all social media. And we'll be sure to see you next month for the March movies. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.